This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Goslin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. You want winners? You want our next guest. It's difficult to decide. If former New York Giants star pass rusher Leonard Marshall accomplished more on the football field, where he accomplished an awful lot, or off of it. Leonard played 12 years in the NFL, 10 with the Giants, where he was a quarterback-destroying defensive end on the Giants' Super Bowl 21 and 25 winning teams. He retired with 83.5 career sacks, 79.5 with the Giants, which is third all-time, yes, third in Giants history, and was twice named as the NFL's Defensive Lineman of the Year. But his accomplishments go far, far beyond football. He earned an MBA from Seton Hall, where he's a professor in sports management for six years. He's become a serial entrepreneur, working in the mortgage and investment businesses. He founded an apparel company, serves as brand ambassador for the Soup Man, and is an advocate for the use of medical marijuana, and was a consultant to the film Concussion. Yet he still somehow finds time to work his talk show on WFN in New York and to author the book, When the Cheering Stops, about life after football for the members of that 1990 Super Bowl championship team. And now, I'm not sure he's done this either, but now he's found time for us. And Leonard Marshall, thanks so much for being with us. You're quite welcome, fellas. Thank you. I got to tell you, I heard that resume. I want to go take a nap, Leonard. That was, that was incredible. <laughs> I want to hire him. <laughs> yeah, there you what? go. I tell you, you know, uh, sometimes I want to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with you, believe it or not. Let's start with your new job or your latest job. You're the defensive line coach, I believe, at Paramus Catholic High School in New Jersey. Uh, you've previously been a head coach in, in, uh, both in, I think, New Jersey, and then you're also coached in Florida. Now, my understanding is, Landis, your dad told you when you were a young kid that football was a stupid game and to stop playing it, and uh, you were a basketball player at that time. Uh, but later, he sort of embraced the game because of all your success. And then in 2013, of course, you were diagnosed out at UCLA with CTE, the brain damage that's affected so many players, and you've become uh, an advocate uh, in that area. I'm just wondering, why did you choose to coach high school kids in a game that clearly has had a, a tough effect on, uh, on you and a lot of other players? Well, you know, guys, you know, one of the things that, that, that comes back to mind is, you know, what I did as a kid and the men that mentored me through the process. And, you know, football fell into my lap, uh, you know, primarily from getting myself involved in athletics and choosing to get involved in athletics versus getting in trouble as a youthful adolescent down in Franklin, Louisiana. So, you know, as much as I want to put that aside, I can't put that aside because football really shaped my life. So if I can take, you know, the talents and skill sets and things that I've learned along the way and and the, the adage of playing a team sport and learning what it means to be part of a team at an early age and teach that to young men, I'm doing something right in terms of paying it forward. Well, Leonard, I, I know you've talked about in the past uh, being haunted by that 1990 hit you put on Joe Montana. I think it was in the conference championship game and put Joe out for almost two years. Um we, we know what it did to Joe. We know the pain it caused him. But it seems to have hurt you nearly as much. Um, how, do you, how do you deal with that? Well, you know, it's tough to deal with. You know, you, you never play the game to, to maim an individual or to physically impair an individual to where you, you either take his livelihood away from him, take his bills away for, from him to take care of his family and those he loves and cares about or, 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 or progressively move his life forward. You know, and, and every time I go back and look at that, I think of what the game 
has done to so many players. And then what, you know, what we learned as professional athletes in competition, and you should always learn something in competition. You should always learn, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly of it. And the ugly is what's on the wrong side with me right now, which is uh, men that play this game and, you know, information wasn't exchanged um, between team and player. It was exchanged between team and third party, but not team and player. And, uh, you know, Ron is very much impressed with this. You know, this study has been ongoing at the University of Michigan, and yet no NFL player can seem to get his hands on a copy of this so-called study or information associated with this study. And, and that's what behooves me is the fact that there's, a date, there's been a data mining process going on for years, but none of that information is shared with players. No, you're right, Len. And, of course, as we mentioned, when you went to be tested by UCLA, you've talked about having been living with memory loss and mood swings and, and other symptoms of CTE and how it affected uh, you and your family. After you got that diagnosis, two things I'm wondering is you became a leader, really, uh, in, the, in the legal case that ultimately led to a billion-dollar uh, settlement for past players. But I'm wondering two things. Was the diagnosis shocking to you? And how has it affected uh, your life and, and the fallout from that lawsuit, which you and I have talked about, and we both know what, or at least we believe, what part of that fallout has been? Well, I can tell you, first and foremost, I started to have problems around 2007, 2008. And I started getting phone calls from other players, in particular my good friend Dave Durst, who was my teammate, fraternity brother, and someone who I trusted and loved to death. And a gentleman who married a woman from Louisiana who I had, you know, minor history with from attending LSU back in my days, but yet someone he met and made a connection with Chicago and decided he was going to build a life with and have four children or raise four children. I started comparing my story to his, to Reggie Roby, to David Little, to a number of different players that were calling me and saying to me that they're having issues with, you know, memory loss, depression, arguing with their spouses, you know, half the battle is when you come out of this game, if you don't really put it in, you kind of can't expect to get it out. And a lot of guys didn't really put in the time away from the game to take care of the next level of their lives in terms of education, awareness, and the responsibility of being a father, which is the ability to earn money to take care of those that you love and care about away from the game of football. We all know on this phone call, the game has changed. The money has changed. The, the revenue sharing has now changed. And, you know, salaries have, if not quadrupled, become six, time, six times exorbitant compared to what we, any of us on this phone call played. And, and now that that's the case, the 80-20 rule still applies. So that 80% of the guys that do the work in the National Football League make no money or put their bodies through all this rigorous, treacherous turmoil and the 20% that do do it and that make the most money, those are the ones that walk away unharmed, unsaved, and pretty much able to take care of themselves after football. If they aren't able to do that, this is primarily their fault because they've been treated like the product of sun and they've been reared and, 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 and primed to be extremely successful. You know, and, and live in that mansion and drive that Bentley and play golf three days a week and don't have to worry about working. And their kids go to private school and they have health care insurance and they have annuities and 401Ks and, 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 and second career saving plans and all the other things that the fans think that all of us get when we leave the game and we don't. 
many of these men now have blown through their pensions. Some of them have taken their pensions at 45, 50, 55 years old. Some of them have blown through this money to put their kids through college for health insurance and so forth and so on. You know, and, and that's the misnomer associated with the game of professional sports. So I want to be able to write about this. I want to be able to inform the public about it. I want to make people aware of it. And I think that it's the reality for parents, grandparents, single moms that want to push their kids into sports to think that they're going to play professional sports. Even if the kid makes it or not, I felt they should know about the trials and tribulations associated with professional sports. Hey, Leonard, quick question, because we have 30 seconds left. Uh, Do you think the NFL will ever abandon the uh, policy against marijuana use? Do you think that's ever going to come? I'm hoping that they lift that. I'm I'm hoping that they lift it for the purpose of CBD. I think CBD is good for players. I use CBD, and I think it's the best thing I've discovered. Thanks, Leonard. I tell you, I think the best thing we've discovered is this interview with you. Thanks so much. You're the You're best, welcome, Leonard. Fellas. We appreciate it. Leonard, Thank thanks for the time. I'm not sure how you found appreciate time during your busy schedule, but we appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was former pass rusher Leonard Marshall. Ron, what do you have to say about his use of uh, medical marijuana and maybe the use of it for um, players who are hurting or former players who are hurting? Well, I think he's got a good point. There's a lot of science behind it, not just for former ath- athletes, but for a lot of other uh, people who suffer with pain. It's been uh, helpful to him with his battles with CT. Uh, he's bought five pharmacies in New Jersey, and I think is going to ultimately try to get into that business. And look, it's time has come. What would you rather have? Guys flying around and biking in and, and all manner of things going on? Uh, or some guy who's taking medical mar- uh, marijuana? It's not to get high on it's to, it to It's to live with your pain. Well, I know what you'd rather have. You'd rather have former Raider tight end Raymond Chester in the Hall of Fame, and you're going to tell us why when we come back. This is the Talk of Fame Network. 